Welcome to another edition of Tunnel Vision. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Passover, whatever you guys are celebrating. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham, alongside Chris Trevino, Nicole Sheeran here in the studio. Uh, we had a little technical difficulties <laughs> putting this show together at the last minute with shotguns. We won't have him on the show today, but we want to talk about USC Spring Football. Week four has been completed, and uh, we're going to talk all about that. The spring game is coming up on April 23rd. We now know that you can all go to the spring game if you're local here in Southern California or you want to fly in for the game, and it's free. Yeah. Free for everybody. So that's kind of cool uh, to do that. Lincoln Riley talked uh, yesterday. Not going to be a game of tag, Chris, so there's no tag uh, going on at the spring game. So uh, he t we'll, we'll talk about his comments and what USC fans could kind of expect in the spring game. Uh, doors will open at seven. Uh, excuse me, 10.30, in the morning, and the broadcast will start at noon on ESPN. So it should be pretty fun. It's from what he's he's definitely building it up. Well, he wants a lot of people in the Coliseum and all of that. It took a little while for them to kind of announce when it was, but now it is. They're putting a big push out there to get people uh, to come to the spring game. Uh, we're not going to do live callers again today. I changed the studio around a little bit, so this is our first time set up. I don't know. Maybe there's a few. Here, I'll give them a little overhead. Yeah, get a little overhead. You know, so just go. change the, the desk and move things around. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, so we'll make sure we'll get all that stuff uh, ironed out. Uh, we do have a special announcement. Next week's show is going to be extremely special. Unlike uh, any other. Yes. So stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll tell you exactly uh, why that is. It involves our buddy Chris Trevino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... There's 10,000 reasons for you to want to watch what's going <laughs> happens uh, next week. Um, if you're following us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, appreciate all of the, the viewers. And if you're watching live and you're on YouTube uh, or Facebook, we will look at your comments. I will try to be able to take your comments on YouTube and we can put them up on the screen. And on Facebook, we can uh, put them in our document and read them uh, at the end of the show when we go through all the questions. So put question if you want and then... Uh, we will look through those and do our best to answer each and every question that you guys have. Uh, Chris, you ready Ryan. for you ready for a live show? It was kind of like a little whirlwind at the end here, but that's good. At yeah, the end what of a the, the setup, and now we're here. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Just throw me in, man. I'm I'm ready. I just <laughs> whatever you want. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, you want to talk about Coachella? Hey, was that this weekend? Yes. It is. Oh, yeah. I was in Palm Springs last weekend. Okay. Uh, but so a little before the, the You can go next weekend? The craziness. It's another one, too. So you should just go to Coachella next weekend. Nice. Uh, very cool. Well, okay. So let's start with the week uh, that was USC football spring practice. Uh, Tuesday, offensive players and coaches again. Thursday, defensive players and coaches again. There's a whole bunch of content up on uscfootball.com if you haven't checked it out. Our YouTube uh, channel, so if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, Inside Troy is the YouTube channel. Uh, tons of videos going up, like 10 or 12 uh, every time there's a practice or anything like that. So 
Uh, make sure you go check those out. Uh, highlight videos. We put up a bunch of them uh, this week of what the players were doing. Tuesday was in the Coliseum, so that was a new wrinkle that we got to see. And then this Tuesday will be in the Coliseum. Thursday back uh, Howard Jones Field, and then Saturday only three practices left. Saturday will be the the spring game. But anything kind of stand out for you uh, this week? Uh, maybe if you want to start with the Coliseum practice or anything we we saw. Well, for Tuesday, just it was nice to change it up a little bit, get a different venue. And we've talked about this on the podcast, but just kind of the different energy that you kind of felt being out there in the Coliseum, you know, obviously for Lincoln, that's his first practice coaching the Coliseum for all those new transfers and freshmen, yeah. the two freshmen on the team, that's their first time practicing in the Coliseum. And obviously for the majority of this coaching staff outside of Dante Williams, uh, that was his first time, you know, they were first time playing football in the Coliseum and there was, they coaches talked about how there was a different kind of energy for the kids. It was a good opportunity that good opportunity for them to kind of feel what it feels like to play in the Coliseum. And yeah. they they tried out some new game day warm up stuff. You know, some stuff that we saw um, warm ups, team team prep stuff like that. So they got a little bit a little bit of that, and then they had their scrimmage. Obviously, we could not hear that. We were taken to a secret conference room, sequestered. Yes, and put away, and we could hear them outside. We could hear yelling, and whistles, and screaming, and all those uh, scrimmage noises. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a good enough reporter to pick up what exactly <laughs> is happening uh, by the by a certain whistle or a certain uh, yell or, or cry. So it was very weird. Not even sure why they have like a conference room. In a stadium like that. Windowless no conference view. room. Windowless conference room in a stadium like that. That's where we, you get the deals done, Ryan. Apparently. That's where you get the deals done. There's a bar uh, just a couple, couple hundred yards off to the right. Yeah. That's where you get the, the, the deals going. But we were right near the presidential suite, which is... Uh, Choice? Yeah. Palacious. It was, it was very... Is that the right word? It was very nice. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, huge. Grandiose. Mm. Yeah. Immaculate. It was good. Uh, I, I mean, we didn't really get to hang out there. That'd be cool if we could watch watch everything from there. Maybe for you know for the spring game, they could let us use the presidential suite. Not a chance. Probably not. Uh, but it's cool. They'll, they'll probably use all those suites and stuff. It was it was a nice change up. I think the players and it was a little crazy for us because everyone was sort of leaving. They had to go get back on the bus. We had to park on campus and like walk over. Um, so that was a little bit different. Uh, Nicole and I did instant analysis from the. The park right in front of the uh, Coliseum, so that was fun. People just kind of playing sports, walking by, looking at what are these two people doing, uh, hanging out there. So that was a little different, uh, but I thought it was cool to give them that kind of game environment. Uh, a lot of them went through the Coliseum on their recruiting trips, but not you know in any sort of competitive situation. And it sounded like it was um, the competitiveness has been like kind of a a theme I think throughout spring football. Physicality. It just seems like they want to actually be out there playing football, which is a good thing because, um, you know, it's football. And uh, so I think that's where the kind of the focus has been. Uh, and then Thursday, a lot of defensive players uh, we got to talk to. A lot of front seven focus. Uh, I know you put a video up of Damani Jackson, which uh, yeah. got a lot of views, so you can see him going through drills. But everyone we talked to was about the, uh, the front seven, so the big guys up front, the linebackers, and uh, guys like Tyrone Tallini and uh, – Julian Simon, I got to talk to him. Everyone's excited about stuff. So there's he got gold plated, by the way. So yeah, we'll probably uh, go through some gold plate updates yeah. a little bit later on this show. But yeah, I think the big one that 
you know, most people were talking about was Corey Foreman. You know, Corey Foreman made his spring media debut on Thursday. You know, we've been requesting to talk to him, but he's been a little banged up. And, you know, policy says, you know, they don't really allow injured players. If you don't practice all the way, you don't get, you're not eligible to be talking to after practice. So talk to Corey Foreman, you know, he kind of talked about how he did have a slow start to the spring camp. You know, he was a little bit banged up. He revealed that he, you know, went through a little bit of a dislocation. That's how he described it with his knee. Uh, so, ouch. Uh, he mentioned that that happened uh, in PRPs uh, during the winter. So, you know, that's a tough, tough injury to come back from. But he said he's healthy now. He's got his twitch back. And, you know, he's the coaches have started talking about him more. You know, everyone wanted to talk about Corey in those first couple of weeks because Corey was a little bit banged up, but now they can yeah. actually talk about what he's actually doing on the field. He's been full go. He's been full pads. I believe Lincoln had mentioned that he had a couple sacks uh, on yeah. Saturday during their period. So, you know, that's what you want to see, especially out of that, that rush end position that has so much potential, but not a lot of production coming there. You know, that's a young Corey Foreman. That's a young Romello height who, you know, looks great, but doesn't have a career sack in his career. Elijah Winston has battled through injuries. You know, that's kind of the the makeup, those top three. And, you know, he said some good things about them on Saturday in his media call, but high potential in that room. Looks like they're they're finding their rhythm uh, during that spring camp, which is, you know, something we, we wrote about going to spring camp, that that's what you want to see. You want to see that that room take the steps to be a to be impact players. And, you know, you got a number one overall player, Corey Foreman. You have a guy who's coming out of Auburn and the SEC, had a couple years there, so... That's something that, you know, that could have a real big impact, especially in the Pac-12. No offense to the Pac-12, but it's no, it's no, it's, it's not a murderer's it's row. It's not a murderer's row. So you're going to be go up against, you know, lesser talent than you saw in the SEC and even in practice at SEC, uh, you know, at Auburn. So those guys can be special uh, in this defense and in, in, in this conference season. So you want those two to pre- push each other. And I asked Corey about that. You know, what's the relationship like with Romello? He said, that's my guy. You know, that's a guy who's pushing me to be better every day. And, you know, they've really bonded off the field and on the field. And he's, he's happy to have him here. So you, you, that's what you want to see. You want to see sort of an older guy kind of bring that out of Corey and this coaching staff as well. So good things all around this week for, for the Corey Foreman uh, camp. If you're on that bandwagon, which a lot of people are. Yeah, you need you're going to need some production out of that position, the linebackers position as well, just because there's just been. Not much, and I'm looking at some of the advanced stats numbers. If you like, if you like some of that stuff, for USC's defense, which was historically bad, like it was, it, it might not have been the worst in the Pac-12. Might have been 11th out of 12. Like Stanford would have been statistically. If you look at some of the different advanced statistics, statistical measures, just really bad. But like in the hundreds, and for you know, your Power Five program, uh, you want to be like in the 30s. There's only 65 Power Five teams. Uh, to be in the hundreds for that kind of stuff. USC's defense was god awful, really, really bad. So I was there. Yeah, we saw it all, and you guys saw it too. So you need, we're going to need to see some, some much improved production uh, from this defense. It's not just going to be schematically. The players are going to have to, you know, play for sure. But they need to be developed. They need to be put in uh, better positions. And it just seems like for what you're hearing from Alex Grinch and Sean Nua and Brian Odom and all those guys, uh, just. You know, it, it sounds like they're getting coached up, and uh, you know, they seem pretty excited. I think that's the one. If USC's offense comes out and runs like gangbusters all over people, uh, Caleb Williams has huge year, all that stuff. Like that's kind of going to be expected. I don't think a lot of people are expecting like the defense to be 
that good. You know, there's questions about Alex Grinch, at, at, you know, in general, um, questions about USC's team and some of the depth issues or just some of the production, guys that were talented, weren't were producing. What you're hoping for a USC fan is that you're going to take uh, a better coaching staff, takes these talented players and gets some real production out of them and is able to, you know, have a better result on the field. So, uh, but it was some encouraging stuff, I think, coming out on Thursday, you know, hearing about uh, defensive players, more, you know, Shane Lee stuff. He just seems like someone that's going to roll right in and be a leader, um, you know, right away. And like we mentioned, like a Julian Simon, I got to talk to for a little while and, you know, learning the playbook, talking about uh, the accountability in the locker room, someone like that, where just, you could bring a four-star in and he plays in like two games on special teams his first year. And you just don't really hear anything from him. Doesn't seem to be getting any better. Fans hate that, right? Because you want to like, oh, he's a pretty highly rated recruit, and he goes nowhere. And same thing like with the Corey Foreman. You just don't get much production out of someone like that. I think then you look at a a better coaching staff comes in and says, okay, here's how we're going to utilize these guys and and put them in position to win. You know, win. I think talking to Roy Manning about Corey Foreman, it was like he was playing all these different positions, and sometimes he had his hand on the ground, sometimes he was standing up, he was dropping back the coverage and all that. And it's just more of a focus on here's what we want you to do. Um, and, you know, it just seemed like you're putting him in a better position uh, to succeed. So I thought there was a lot of encouraging stuff coming out, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball this week. Yeah, I know we had a couple people ask specifically about Julian Simon, I believe on this show. And then I think on the podcast as well, we yeah. had people wanting to know about Julian Simon because last week it was all the Rajon Davis show. You know, he had go- gotten gold plate at that that day we had talked we had spoken to him and you know a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about him about his effort and julian simon we talked to i talked to raylan goforth in that scrum you know a guy who's earned praise this this uh this camp from lincoln riley just for his consistency which is what you want to see out of a guy who's trying to go for his third season as a starter but he had a lot of great things to say about julian just how he's faster than he was a year ago how he's bigger than he was a year ago um, the mental side, obviously that was kind of a big holdback for Julian that he's starting to get it. You know, you can see it slowing down for him. You know, that's sort of a cliche we hear all the time, but you know, when players are saying it, that's a good sign. You know, when they, they, they can see it for a younger player, that's, you know, going through that growth off the field when it comes to, you know, being in the playbook, seeing the field differently, seeing it faster and reacting faster. So that's all the good things that you want to hear about Julian Simon. They're being said right now. Yeah. Um, so positive sign especially for that linebacker room that needs a lot more athleticism and you know Rajon and Julian being probably their two most athletic linebackers right now so the hope is you know they can get some time this year maybe even push for spots I know Shane Lee's probably got that one locked up Raylan Goforth is the trending leader for that other spot but if they can push a little bit maybe get some time on the second team whatever that may be you know that that's a great season for them. Yeah. Those are highly rated athletes coming in. Yeah. And when you don't hear from them, fans get upset. They're like, Hey, we were following these guys recruitment and what's going on. Where are they? Um, Lincoln Riley also had some interesting things to say yesterday on his uh, zoom call. So saying it was the best week of practice, which is what he expected. I think when we talked to him Tuesday, Tuesday, hey. it was more about like, Hey, we're not coasting in. Uh, you got to finish coasts? strong. Losers coast. Losers coast. Yeah. So they weren't going to be losers. Uh, he wanted to see a good week of practice leading up to the spring game, the final week, and I, it seems like he got it. He also kind of reassured everybody that this is not going to be tag. They're not playing tag. This is going to be, uh, I guess, a full a full half of 
you know, like live work. Um, but he wants it to be fun. Uh, but he also wants it to be physical and put on a show. And I know this is the first opportunity that all the fans are going to be able to see a Lincoln Riley team really all come together in some sort of uh, scrimmage type situation. It'll be the first time we get to see that. Uh, we get to see the warm ups and throwing routes on air and doing individual drills, you know, position drills, things like that. We've not get to see them do any kind of 11 on 11 stuff, except little clips you would get on social media. So first time for all of us to kind of see that, but he made it really clear this was something that, hey, this is this is not going to be just a glorified like practice that you get to watch, which pretty much is what USC fans have got used to over the last several years. Sounds like a little shade, Ryan. It almost <laughs> it's always like like uh, low key shade sort of thing. Yeah. Like when you know Julian Simon was talking about, I'm not going to say anything bad about the culture last year, but the culture was bad or something like that. <laughs> he was like he's like yeah, the culture sucked, but he was like I don't want to say it sucked, but it sucked. You know, essentially. Um, and he, he talked about the accountability. Is that the third one? Every week we get a new one. Is that the third one? I would think. I would because think so, last yeah. week it was, or two weeks ago it was Miller with the red zone. Oh, yeah, the red zone. Yeah. And then the first, the, the, the three weeks after that it was Darwin with the swing Darwin passes. The swing Is that pass the third thing? one? I would say it's okay. at least three. But I don't think they're intentional. Like they're just trying to say, like, wow, the culture is better. Like I think that's what he was saying. Like it's much better culture right now in the locker room. There's a lot more accountability. And then I don't know if it was a response to – I mean, I think they knew. Uh, USC fans just were upset. And I I give this administration credit. Like, they know what the criticisms were yeah. all the time. Like, they know what was – if they complained about. And not that they've addressed every single one of them, but they're aware of what the, at least the perception of different parts of the program are. And one of them was, man, they don't even do real spring games. They call it the spring showcase, which I don't think they've used that term, which is good. So I, I feel like they acknowledge that and then sort of move forward and say, okay, we're going to have an actual spring game. Which, right. To be fair, a lot of the schools aren't doing that anymore. I've watched a few of them on Pac-12 Network. Like Stanford was a scrimmage. I don't even think they tackled. Arizona State, I don't even think they put full pads on until last weekend. Like there's some weird stuff going on. So it's cool. I, I'm glad that they're doing this, even though they only have, I think he said, 60 healthy scholarship players right now. Well, I, for one, am a little disappointed it's not going to be a game of tag because I was great at tag growing up. You were good at tag? Oh. So I thought maybe, you know, if it was a game of tag, I can get out there. You see me out there. You can show oh. your stuff, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I was going to be on the sideline. I think I'm you, I'm going to be on the sideline for the spring game. So, you know, I could have been out there playing a little tag. But mm. in all seriousness, yes, it is nice that they're going to be hitting and be physical and not a glorified practice, as you have said, with the days of the spring showcase, mm. the showcase. Showcase is gone. And Lincoln was a little bit, not secretive, but he didn't give all the details he was asked about, like what the format's going to look like. He said, we're still working out those things. Yeah. Kind of mentioned, you know, you should hear about that soon. So I'm expecting sometime this week, obviously, that we're going to get a little bit update on that and what it's actually going to look like. And, you know, he kind of had this, he kind of had a comment about sort of the roster. You had mentioned that you kind of said you're, you're kind of waiting to see how it has stuff with the roster holds up. Because, you know, they're try still trying to figure out, you know, who's going to play on what side, the scoring and all that. So that was an interesting little comment. And I thought that meant something sort of along the lines of make sure no one's going to leave, like a transfer. Okay. That's kind of what my interpretation was, like, make sure, you know, if someone leaves, you have to even it out back. You have to even things back out on, you know, if you're splitting up the line or you're splitting up the def defensive line and stuff like that. So I thought that was a little bit of an interesting comment. So that was one of my main takeaways from his his spring game analysis. But yeah, should be fun, should be physical. Yeah, 
that's what you want to see. Fun and physical. It sounds like that's the focus there. Uh, there was also some more praise for the offensive line. Um, there's a lot of optimism there, I think, with the offensive line. Uh, yeah, he said, I don't see a reason on this planet, this planet. The whole planet. This is a big-ass planet, Ryan. <laughs> he said, I don't know why there would be a reason on this planet that we can't be, was it elite or just a good offensive line? I don't remember what the exact phrase was. Elite, but, yeah. But, yeah, again, you know, when you guys had your moment talking about O-line, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks you know, ago, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doubled down even more on that. So, <laughs> you know, that's a good sign. You know, I think that's that's a great sign. Obviously, you got the two young guys getting a lot of time this spring. Bobby Haskins, we talked about it. The foot surgery won't be, you know, doing anything until, you know, the summer, hopefully, and the fall. Got to watch out for that because, you know, USC has been snake bit by transfers coming in and then getting surgery. Jake Smith. Obviously, he got a surgery right away on his foot. Ishmael Sopcher got the double compartmental leg syndrome uh, when he first came in. So, you know, you got to hold out hope for Bobby Haskins, but haven't heard anything like that's a similar situation. But, you know, that gives you a top good top six. You know, they're going to hit the portal uh, for a couple more offensive linemen. But, you know, you're looking really good with that, with that position group right now. You know, they're athletic. They're doing a lot of things differently than last year. They're pulling a lot more. They're trapping. They're doing all these things for this offense. And, you know, he's liking what he's seeing. Yeah, for sure. Um, there was also some nice comments about Miller Moss. Uh, Miller Moss, one, the boss. One of the more improved players just to watch him do it. They only have two scholarship uh, quarterbacks right now. Caleb Williams, obviously, coming over, knows the system. Superstar in the making, but you like what you're seeing from Miller Moss too. So that's uh, that's some positive signs for USC's two quarterbacks. Yeah, you raved about the confidence just growing with him, and I believe Lincoln had said that's like one of the three big factors that he looks for in it when he's recruiting a quarterback is the confidence. So that's what you like to see a guy who has growing confidence at the position. You know, he said quarterbacks and cornerbacks, quarterbacks and cornerbacks are the two positions that need the most confidence. And yeah, he said he had that quote about from week one to week 12 or practice 12. Sorry, they just wrapped up practice 12. That he's had the biggest jump of anyone. And he mentioned some other guys that have had really good jumps. I think Andrew Milik is a guy he also mentioned that had a really, really great spring in terms of his growth over those 12 practices. But, you know, he put Miller up there at the top in terms of what he looked like from practice one to practice 12. And so great sign, especially when you got a QB guru like Lincoln coaching you up. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a positive sign there. Uh, let's talk about the gold-plated stuff. Um, there's a bunch of updates this week. So <laughs> if you don't know, so the gold-plated, you, you have the helmet. I don't, I don't know how you don't know. I have, like, every day someone asking me, what is gold-plated? Where are these people? Where are these well, people? Everyone doesn't watch every show or read every article. I don't. But we do mention it a lot. So this is the Trojan helmet, and this is the logo. I'm sick of it. They're given. <laughs> I'm sick of they're it. They're given just the cardinal helmet. But they have to earn the logo. And so they do something good at practice. They're working hard, watching a lot of film, whatever it is. They become gold plated. They get a T-shirt. One of the former players that's around will will be there and give it to him. I think Yuchenna and Wusu was there this weekend, so he might have given out a few of those. But nice. uh, I did talk to Julian Simon and asked him. So a lot of times, a lot of the players have the padding over the helmet. So if they're gold plated, we can't tell because there's padding over that that distinguishing factor. So we just can't see their helmet. Uh, but I did ask him off camera uh, after the interview. And he said he did get it the week before. 
So that was cool. Um, so there were some other players you saw, right? That uh, do you remember off? Yeah, the top Michael, of head? Michael Jackson, the third, the wide receiver. He got gold plated. I believe he got gold plated probably after Tuesday's practice in the Coliseum because he did not. When I was watching up there, he was not on my list. I did not see him have a gold plate. And then Dennis Simmons had mentioned that he did a lot of nice things in that scrimmage period, okay. including you know making a great downfield block on one of the last touchdown runs they had. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was sort of. The thing that pushed him over the top to get his goal played on Tuesday. And then, you know, Sierra Wright, the the cornerback, the former uh, top 100 signee for 2021 and the fictional son of LeBron James yes. in the movie Space, Space Jam, Jam 2. You might have heard of it. Um, he got goal plated. And I believe Anthony Beavers, uh, the other safety, got goal plated. Uh, O-line Gino Quinones got plated. We wow. saw those guys carrying shirts. Because you also get a shirt when you got gold, when you yeah. get gold plated, so that's another sign we can look for when they're w- walking out of practice. You got that red shirt on, or you have that you're carrying that red shirt. So, Gino was a guy we saw carrying the red shirt. Uh, Sierra was Sierra was already plated, and then but I think Anthony was carrying a red shirt. So okay, um, yeah, Sierra Wright's are, interesting because when we talked to Dante Williams a couple weeks ago, he was it didn't sound like they were on the right same page, you know. So it seemed like he said Sierra Wright was his, you know. The guy, the only person holding him back was him, and uh, is he really focused on football? There were some interesting comments, like sort of like matter of fact, like "Whoa, okay, he doesn't seem to be happy with what's going on." Maybe that lit a fire under him, changed some practice habits, whatever it is. But the fact that he got gold plated would tell me that, that he's doing a lot better in practice now. Prophet Brown, Prophet Brown is the the one who was carrying the cornerback that was okay. carrying a shirt. So not Anthony. Anthony is gold plated, but Prophet Brown is the other cornerback I saw carrying a shirt. So Prophet and Gino. Both got plated on uh, Thursday. Thursday. So we should be able to tell and, uh, you know, a lot better because they're not going to have those pads on the helmet, right. I would think, uh, at the game. I would think. Maybe they do because it's still a practice. It's still sort of practice. You don't want the quarterback. But it in. would look weird, like, if you have a whole bunch of, you know, if we can see everyone's helmets and there's guys without logos on it and stuff, um, did they feel like everyone was going to earn them by the end of spring? Was it going to be some people roll over the fall? That will be something that will be interesting to watch, I think, for the uh, for that final practice for the spring game. We'll see. Uh, one other thing, Drake London on Friday had his uh, pro day. So our dude Anthony was out there uh, checking it out. You know, he didn't run. The 40. Yeah, didn't, you know, wasn't showing the speed stuff. Talked to the press, you know, in the you know, for like six or seven minutes or something afterwards, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he did anything to hurt himself. No, I, I think he just did what he needed to do to kind of hold that stock as potentially the number one wide receiver off the board. And that's still looking good, even though, you know, obviously he's been banged up. He looked great. If you see the clips that have been floating around on social media, he looked great. High pointing the ball, running around. He didn't really need to run the 40. I mean, the 40 is nice, but you know, that's a thing guys are training for, for months to do. So yeah. he kind of mentioned that, you know, guys have been prepping for this. I don't have that much prep at work at, at best case. Maybe he runs like in the four or five, but it seems like it'd be, it's a more, it's a riskier move to kind of run with not a lot of prep for that scenario. And, you know, people know he's not a speedster. You're not getting a right. speedster with Drake Lund. You're getting that size. You're getting that high point ability. You're getting that physical dog out there. So he has, his speed is fine. I mean, that's not his game. His game is, you know, bullying people. Yeah. And in, in 
on the field, you know, in the in the end zone, stuff like that. So the speed aspect isn't really that that important to him. It would have been nice, but you know, he can get by and still be, you know, a top fifteen pick. He's, you know, probably a lock for the first round, I would say, based on, you know, the stuff he was doing out there, how he was moving. A lot of lot of lot of scouts out there. Uh, a lot of teams flew in to see this. So, you know, I think the interest is really high and, you know, he still has a really good shot to be the number one wide receiver take it off the board you see him go as high as maybe like in that eighth range to like lower end like 16 so i think he's going to be borderline right there at the end of a top 10 to, to 16 so pretty good it should be a really good first round celebration for him yeah good for him he's a great kid uh he you know you know the ankle foot kind of injury thing after the arizona game about six months ago but they also tweaked his hamstring i think more yep, recently yep. Uh, was it jordan palmer that was throwing balls to yep, him jordan the quarterback was, guru was guy uh, throwing up, he had TJ Huchmanzad out there a little bit too, so that's kind of fun. Uh, you see him on, he's on like uh, Fox doing a bunch of different shows and stuff. So the fact that they were out there, a little you know, a little celebrity action out there, but good for him. You know, just get out there and just show like, hey, I can still catch footballs. Uh, oh, I can jump up in the air and catch them and stuff. And uh, I'm still a freak athlete. Yes, yes. Remember, he's a basketball player, so you know he's athletic and stuff. It's not necessarily about speed. Uh, Nicole, you were out there this week too. Do you? Uh, Anything kind of stand out to you with anybody said or what you saw or anything with the, the videos you put up were cool, but anything uh, you want to point out? Yeah, something that I noticed, well, being in the Coliseum was great, different environment. That was fun for the players, I think, too. But something I really noticed was the energy that Alex Grinch has on that practice field with his players is truly unmatched. Um, I couldn't take my eyes off of that side of the field because I was just standing there watching in awe of how pumped up he gets those players. And I think that's that's a real change just in general with the energy that we've been seeing this entire spring. But the way Alex Grinch does it, I was like, wow, I would be hyped up if I was those players too. So I think that's a huge aspect um, of sure. that defensive side. Yeah, he uh, he's usually working with the safeties when we get to watch. Yeah. And I put up a video just of what he was doing with the safeties for a little while, um, you know, throwing he's, he's throwing a lot of balls out there and – they're making plays on it. But every drill, like Nicole was saying, I mean, he's yelling, screaming, he's getting into it. And if someone's you know, footwork's wrong, whatever it is, he's out there, he'll stop it. You're going to do it again. Yep. He's very hands-on. Yes. Uh, he's a defensive coordinator, but he's very hands-on with that position. And group. Dante even threw on a helmet at one point. I mean, both of them are just so hands-on with their players. And I think it's great. It's almost like they're one of the guys out there with them. And I think that's what this team really needs. So that stuck out to me. Yeah, we get to, everything else. We get to see the defensive back drills probably more than anything else because yeah. they're usually close to us. But yeah, Dante Williams out there, you know, Taylor Mays helping out with yep. those guys. Uh it's kind of fun to it's fun to see that. Um anything else stand out to you? We could uh, I was just gonna say it seems like Dante's been a lot more vocal. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel like angry is the word, but I just feel like he yells a lot Intense, more. Yeah, he's 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 taking his intensity just up a little bit. He was already sort of a intense guy, uh, but I just feel like maybe just being around Grinch is kind of like yeah. kicked it up a notch. I notice he's he's yelling a lot more. I can hear him and Grinch kind of yelling when they're doing like those combined drills. I heard him. I was filming Damani and I heard him yelling at someone. They were doing that that rep where you kind of or that drill where you kind of just they're just like running into each other sort of like there's they're what's the word thumping each other they're yeah. going up and up and down the line and he, he yelled you're soft as shit right now so <laughs> you know he, so he's just he's he, they're not they're not like they're not babying there's no these mercy guys out there's there. like they're gonna call you out so every every week i hear something like 
football coachy like that you know just football like, like you're sh- you're yeah. soft as shit or when <laughs> like, it was when it was really hot that one day oh uh, yeah alex grinch and uh they were all like we don't care it's hot we get it get over it move yeah. on it's like good that's what we need this is good stuff yeah it's, i believe they were slow and and he was like you guys want to see what fatigue is and then he made them do up down yeah <laughs> you guys are yeah. Really too slow for me you're gonna see what fatigue is so Someone called, like a friend called me today, just asking, like, so how's it going out there? I mean, you get these questions a lot. You're like, limited to what you can watch. But I think the thing that keeps coming to mind for me is it just looks like there's competent people running practice. Like, you just get the feeling, are you an expert or any of us experts in everything that's going on? No, but you just, the the air around it is like, these people know what they're doing. They know what's going, they're doing the right things. And uh, so that's good. I think that's a good sign. you know, I think USC's had some some good coaches and stuff before. Uh, it just it wasn't working. It wasn't a cohesive unit. Right. You didn't have maybe great people at a lot of the different spots. Like now, you have someone that's done this before. That's put together a coaching staff. That's taken a, a you know a program that was had really good culture and arguably improve it. You know, the the results when he took over at Oklahoma got better. You know, um, winning Heisman's, going to playoffs, things like that. And he's redoing that now. Now he's never taken a, a like kind of a, a a tire fire and turned it into a great program. But you you can you can see the elements of what he's doing. He's bringing over things that they did. This was this worked there. We're going to try those kind of things here. So I think that's for USC fans. That's got to be a positive because it's it's just very different. It's a, there's a yeah. just different feel than what we've been covering the last few years. So right. uh, well, maybe we should jump into questions. Is it question o'clock. It's question o'clock, I think. Uh, yeah, we'll keep, it's Easter Sunday. We'll keep this one. We'll, you know, we'll get through some of these questions and we'll we'll let you guys go. But I think I loaded one up there for you if you want, Nicole. And, uh, oh, perfect. Yeah. All right. So question one, Megan Gawkroger. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Question from Down Under. How are the gold-plated players chosen? So more gold-plated more stuff, More gold-plated, Chris. Play, Chris. <laughs> uh, how did you not say that with an Australian accident? <laughs> Oh, there's a, there's another one. There's another one in there. Okay. You'll get a, you'll get a redemption shot. Okay, but okay, cool, cool. yeah, you had mentioned it. Sort of just goes into w- the extra work you put in. Are you staying after practice? Are you in the film room? Are you being a leader? Are you putting in extra effort? Are you helping a guy? You know, if you're an older guy, are you helping a younger guy work after practice? Mm-hmm. It's just little things like that because those little things. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE add up you know the little things add up to 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 have big impact and that's sort of what they're looking for they want the players to take that next step to 
to harnessing, you know, their potential, whether that be in the weight room or in the film room or on the practice field after practice. It's just little things like that, you, you know, the extra credit stuff. Um, so if you, they see you doing that, you know, a coach can nominate you like, hey, Chris Trevino's been putting a lot of work in mm. the Parastyle podcast this week. Let's make a realistic okay, uh, okay, okay. example. Andrew, like, so something been, that they could... <laughs> Andrew Millick's been doing a lot of extra work in the film room. <laughs> I saw him studying with Justin Dietrich. I saw him working with uh, one of the young guys trying to learn center. You know, I think he's I think he's doing a good job, Lincoln. I, th- I think we got to goal plate this guy. So, and that's sort of you know how it goes. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where the coaches are evaluating all the players all the time. It's everything you're doing. If they turn out the light and uh, Andrew Millick is sitting in the film room with extra work, they're like they notice that kind of stuff, you know. So I think all of that gets put in together. They try to make it a cool ceremony. They, if they have a former player around, they'll give them the gold plate and stuff. So it's basically just like, hey, you're earning the logo. I don't think it has to be anything above and beyond, but it's more like, what are you doing to make yourself better, to make the team better? And they notice that, and then you get your gold plate. Uh, you want to do I – I I'll find another one to load up, Nicole. Sorry, but if you want to – Oh, yeah, no, I can do it. We can one. jump in. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, okay. I don't have anything loaded right yet. But. So Andrew Hogue says, how many people do you realistically think will show for the spring game because it is on ESPN? It is on ESPN. So, you know, a lot more people can just stay home and watch it. But I think there's a, there's a certain level of excitement just getting to go to a game, you know, getting in the Coliseum, going see the team in person. Um, I know it is L.A., there's traffic, whatever. Yes. But they're doing whatever, you know, there's going to be Fan Fest. There's going to be that sale where they sell, uh, what is it, game uh, authentic equipment or stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So there's a lot of cool things going on besides yeah, the game. food trucks and things yeah. like that. You know, it's going to be an event. So that's sort of the thing that will pull you in over just being, you know, on ESPN. And then you get to be in a crowd on ESPN. Um, I think realistically I'm expecting – Oof. What did I say on the podcast? I said like 60. I think I said that's a lot, but I have to stick with it. That's like Nebraska level. Look, they they got nothing else going on there. He said it, not me. Mm. That my friend played at Nebraska (laughs) and he knows. Yeah. Look, I said, I think I said 60 or 50 on the podcast, the one like week two or whatever, week two of practice. So I have to stick with that. And they're free. So you don't have to pay that does anything. help your cause. Yeah. You still have to just pay like 25 up. bucks for parking or something, I think. But. That's fair. But just – I'm just going to stick with that. Like 50 to 60. Carpool I know, that, I know that's way too high maybe, but I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. You can take the Metro. Take the Metro and you, can, you don't have to park. You go for free. There's like Fan Fest, all the stuff that I can doing. bring five people in my car. Uh, you're going to bring them? Nice. Uh, I think we get free parking. Media. We can, I'll do yeah. a raffle on my – yeah, Twitter who wants to ride with uh, Chris to the game? Uh, so I would say I'm guessing it's probably be like twenty ish people, twenty thousand. Um, I went way over that. You're way over that. <laughs> so maybe, let's just, hey, let's just say it, fifty. Let's just say fifty. There let's is a lot 50. of excitement, yeah, though. There is, and people miss football. Like I feel like I don't know why not go. You know, US, I think yeah. USFL isn't cutting it. No, I watched a little of that. Mm, <laughs> I watched something. it today. It was something else. Yeah, there were actually like a couple. Good games and stuff. You see, get like with you know, you see like a Paxton Lynch out there was a first round pick before. Yeah. It was like, all right, oh, he's still pretty bad. Is know? this is this the part where I say if we get if there's fifty thousand people at the game, I'll get a fifty k tattoo. Yes, yes. You no, do no, that. I'm not doing that. Okay, that is not a legal binding. <laughs> Legally binding. It was a joke. You heard it, it was everybody. A joke. 
Anyways, next question. Mark Watkins says, will Domani and Josh Jackson play in the spring game or will they be held out? I feel like they will be held out. Um, you know, depending on, I don't really know the structure yet. As we mentioned, we don't really know if there'd be like, you know, you can watch the team warm up, do individual drills, stuff like that. They have been limited in terms of, you know, like that drill I just mentioned where Dante said you're soft as shit. They're not allowed to do that. They are held out to the side. They do a a toned down version with Benny Wiley. So they're still, you know, not fully, fully there. And Damani is very, I mean, both of those guys, especially Damani though, he hasn't played football in over a year. You can tell when you watch him that he's not in football shape. He's still yeah. a little bit, you know, still got to get that conditioning up. Uh, probably a lesser extent with Josh Jackson, but I would not expect them to be full participants in the spring game in terms of, you know, tackling and all that. So they're probably going to be cautious with them. Yeah, and then when he said that there was like 60 healthy scholarship players, I know someone commented like, that's a lot of players you can add. It, that's not including, that's not all the scholarship players they have. It's, those are the ones that are available to play. And I think guys like Josh Jackson, Devon, you know, that those guys are not included uh, in that number. So I don't think you're going to see them. Uh, just the fact, you know, what we able to see like from Damani and, and stuff so far, I think that's encouraging. But like Chris said, he's, you know, it's been like a year since he's played uh football so or well not quite right it's uh was well it, he, didn't play, he didn't play he didn't play senior year so yeah. yeah yeah not quite a year but but even before that you know there was limited with the covid season right so yeah they got that six game spring game or what six spring six game spring season or whatever so hasn't had you know full full slate of football in over a year yeah for sure um all yeah. right well, next up, Andrew Hogue says, better record this fall, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley, or Clay Helton? Oh, what a great question. That I do like this one. great question. Okay, so we got – so we're on there. Um, we're not ranking them, right? We're just saying – Better – like who's going to have the better record this fall? Yeah, I think uh, – Who? So there's a lot. I mean, I think you could argue it would be Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm tempted to pick Lane. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. The problem with Lane is, and they've, he's portal king or co-portal king. For now. With, with, For with now. Riley. No, I think, does Riley, I think Riley has like, I think USC's transfer class is still better than. It's moved down to two. Oh, is, is, so Lane. It's USC, to... Lane is back. Lane oh, and Ole Miss are back okay. to one. But, you know, Lincoln has mentioned double-digit guys are coming in. Right. So they're going to be able to have a chance they're to bat. take that back. Right. Yeah. Uh, so both teams are going to look a lot different. I mean, Lane's definitely added some, you know, a great running back from TCU. He's like uh, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart, Dart. Michael Trigg. Like, there's a lot of dudes. Uh, but he's also playing in the SEC. Mm. That's the thing. Um, if he could turn things around, he could have a great season and still win, like, eight games. Like, Lincoln Riley can turn things around and win eight games just by being competent. And then if you do something really good, then you could get to, to nine or ten, which I think would be a little tougher uh, for Lane to do that. I don't see that happening with Clay Helton. Um, I don't think he's going to come in and bring some amazing schemes. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good coaches in the Sun Belt. It's not uh, – I mean, there's some really good teams uh, there that are, you know, just I think it's going to have a hard time. And what was the other one? Oh, Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. I mean, it's a five and seven team. It's got Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Some juice. There's some juice there. You got a but, really great O-line class coming in, but they're freshmen. So, you know, you could talk me into it, but 
I don't want to do it. Yeah, I would. I think Clayton would have the least. Like he would be the lowest on that list. But uh, yeah, the other three, I think you could you could argue. I would probably, if I had to bet, I'd probably put it on Lincoln just because of the path that he has. Uh, I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be that good. The whole South outside of Utah, um, I just don't. I mean, UCLA's defense was pretty bad last year, and I thought they'd be decent. They fire their defensive coordinator. They promote from within. Um, you know, I I think that USC can kind of run through the South and have a game with Utah, and if they can beat Utah on the road, they can win the Pac-12 pretty easy, you know? But it, Utah's going to be the team to beat. they got a lot of guys coming back. Um, you know, I think Oregon's still going to have, you know, one of the best rosters in the Pac-12, but USC doesn't play Oregon. The rest of the South, though, like Arizona State, I mean, they're in Shambles. I mean, that's shambles. Colorado, like, lost all their best players in the front seven, lost their defensive backs to the transfer portal, one of them going to USC. I mean, there's just all these teams have problems. Like, Arizona is going to be better. I like the momentum that they're building, but they were 1 11. They're not going to be, like, good. So, I, yeah, I think this USC's path is easier. So, great question, though. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. That was a really good question. Um, another one from Roman388. Some big schools had their spring game this weekend and got commits after their games, including Ohio State. Do you think the same thing will happen to USC? Should be a big list of uh, yeah. Visitors. There's already, you've already had people kind of talking about how they've been invited. You know, I think the big one that popped up is Roderick Robinson, the big local four-star running back. You know, that's a guy you kind of look at. Uh, they need that big back. It'd be great to get that big back early in the class for that 2023 class. You know, you could talk me into a, a a guy popping on a commitment after the spring game. You know, usually you wait a little bit into the summer because, you know, spring you take all your visits. Then in the summer you kind of you went, okay, I hit up X number of schools, and I want to hit up Y number of schools that I hit up last spring, and I kind of want to focus it down from there. So usually those commitments come in a little more frequently in the summer. Um, but you could talk me into a spring commitment. You know, I think you can get one. I think you won. I don't have anything on the radar right now that's saying, you know, you might get one or yeah. you might get something uh, the spring game. But we'll have to see. There should be. I got to see the list. I got to see who's coming in town. But there are some names on there that I expect to be there that, you know, you know, they could end up, you know, popping. Yeah, I think Lincoln Riley can be strategic about this stuff. There might be a player that really wasn't thinking about committing in the spring. And Riley talks to him and be like, you know, we needed someone. We want to get a spring commit. And uh, we'd like it to be you. You know, what can we can we do something like this? When USC lost out on Connerly, they happened to have a four-star 2024 kid, you know, commit the next day. So you sort of got a – you were able to fight on emoji right after that. I don't know if that was planned or whatever. But it seems like there's some uh, strategy behind a lot of the stuff that Lincoln Riley and the recruiting staff do. So I would think, even if there's not someone on the radar right now, you might get a pop uh, from somebody. And it should be a pretty impressive list. We'll uh, – We'll write them all down. We'll you know get as much intel on those guys as possible. This week in the War Room on Friday, make sure you check out the War Room part of uscfootball.com. We all put little tidbits of insider information in there every Friday morning or, or late Thursday night, I guess. Um, check that out. So we'll probably have some information on visitors coming to the Coliseum in that. So that's for the subscribers. And if you're not a subscriber, you can sign up for a buck. So just do that over at uscfootball.com. Easy peasy. Uh, you will... You will, I think you'll enjoy your your minimal investment there to, to read about USC football. Amazing. Uh, um, Mark Watkins has a question. How has C.J. Williams looked? 
I don't think I've heard his name mentioned at all in any of those post-practice pressers. CJ Williams is dealing with an injury of some sort. Not exactly sure what it is, but he has been very limited uh, over the last couple weeks. Um, he usually does not participate in team warmups. He usually just watches. I believe on Thursday he did participate because I did not see him on the sideline. But then he goes over with the rehab crew and does running. He is dressed out in full pads, but he has been, you know, he's not doing full, he's not a full participant in practice. So he looks great, though. He does not look like a freshman. He is, he is big. Yoked. Big yoked yes, for a freshman wide receiver. So. <laughs> Job, he man. does look. He does look good when we got to see him. Um, but he's banged up. So only two freshmen are participating right now, and you know, limited status. Both Damani Jackson, like we talked about, and uh, C.J. Williams. So they'll get some more uh, coming this summer, and you'll be able to see them. But most of the new people we've seen, uh, they've all been for the transfer portal people. Okay, we have another question. John Lobb says, in my opinion, Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the conference, considering the talent Utah acquires. Is he wrong? No, I mean, I think uh, the way Kyle Whittingham has been able to build that program, uh, they've really done a great job developing players. He's been there uh, a long time, I think 16 or 17 years. You know, they saw the transfer from, uh, you know, from Mountain West to the Pac-12, and it's kind of been a slow build. I thought they'd recruit a little bit better than some of the success that they've had. You know, they broke through a couple of years ago, winning the South for the first time. They broke through last year, winning the conference for the first time. Um, yeah, that's they're showing that they can be the class of the Pac-12. Now, they've struggled at times when you're playing a team that has a lot of talent, and that's the kind of teams that USC will typically have. Uh, Clay Hilton wasn't able to, you know, to utilize that talent and be able to to beat Utah. But you know, a guy like Lincoln Riley, you think there's a possibility of that. So this, the game to watch, I think, for USC this year is in Salt Lake City. You know, when you're going at Utah, you know Utah is going to be good. Cam Rising was an absolute stud. Their defense was really good. It was like a top 10 type of defense when you look at some of the advanced stats numbers from last year. By far and away, the best defense in the Pac-12. I think Washington might have been second. But really good defense, explosive offense. Um, and there will be a, you know, if USC can go into Salt Lake City and get a win there, that's a big that's a big step. So it, it'll, a lot will do with like the schemes that Lincoln Riley's putting together. Uh, but just the talent acquisition and all of that. So that'll be one to watch. But you have to tip of the cap to Kyle Whittingham because what he, he's been able to do in the Pac-12 has been really impressive. All right. There's been a couple questions about this. Um, Hector Castro Jr. is asking, is USC planning on upgrading its facilities or building new ones, new locker rooms, et cetera? Also, what is the probability that USC switches from Nike to Jordan? We had a lot of questions about the Nike stuff. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's, I mean, that I don't know much about the deal. We've heard about it for years. It wasn't like great. UCLA signs this amazing deal with Under Armour, and then that goes away, and they're a Jordan brand now. It was like kind of a too good, too good to be true deal, and then Under Armour sort of reneged on it because it was too good. Like they just signed it. You know, when they signed it, it was great. Uh, I don't know the fact that UCLA is Jordan. I'm not sure if USC would go there. There were some people asking about like the Kobe brand, which is separate now. I believe uh, Oklahoma was Jordan Brand. Oh, mate. So, mate, so obviously, I, I, I'm pretty sure they were Jordan Brand. So, you know, I think there's the, obviously that connection with Lincoln Riley and, you know, that administration and that football program, you know, bringing in Jordan. So, you know, yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. I think that would 
that would be i don't know the terms of like the deal of the nike like i don't know yeah. if like it, it expires in two years or it's like an eight-year deal and they're only in year two or something like that so no i think they're towards the end of one because it, it was it was kind of known that it wasn't very good for a while but we weren't sure like when it was going to end um so and they haven't it was like a bad lin swan deal is that what you're saying it, it might have been pre lin swan <laughs> okay like, uh, there might have been like a hayden one or something or yeah uh, one of those. So, so don't count on Jordan. I'm just because you know, obviously Oklahoma and Lincoln are familiar with that brand. So. True. Yeah. All right. Another question. Megan Gawkroger. All right, Chris. This one's for you. Mm. Question from Down Under. All yeah, right. Yeah, that was great. The NFL draft is coming up, and a name she keeps hearing from USC is we've talked about it. Drake London. What do I need to know about him, and where do you think he'll end up? What do you need to know about Drake London? In a word? Yeah, in a word. What do you need to know? Beast. Six foot hops. five. Hops. Six foot five. What? 210, 220. Big boy. You know, just super physical. Just a bully at times to cornerbacks. Uh, he's a he's a matchup nightmare in the, in the end zone. He's yeah. a former... Uh, high-end basketball player was actually on the USC basketball team for a little bit. Didn't really play, but he was part of the team. And so he has that, you know, that rebounding ability. He has that mentality when he's going up to get a ball. As we mentioned before, not, you know, super fast. That's not his game. But, you know, he has incredible athletic ability. He will not go down on the first on the first tackle or the first hit. You know, we've seen him where he's t dragging guys with him or he's bouncing off guys. That showcases his strength. In terms of where he goes, you know, he's being talked about as potentially the number one wide receiver off the board in a very good wide receiver class. You know, have Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, uh, the Arkansas kid whose name, Traylon Burks, I believe that's his name. You know, those are kind of the top, reviewed as the top guys. And, you know, depending on what, what mock you're looking at, you know, he could go anywhere from, you know, a top 10 pick to, you know, 23, 23rd range, 25. So I would say somewhere in between there. He does have a chance to be a top 10 pick. But I believe he's a lock for the first round, especially after what he did at the Pro Day. So, you know, I would look at that top 10 to 25 range is where he's going. Probably more so in the middle, like that 15, 16 range. Yeah, he's he is a beast. And you look at those contested catch numbers are ridiculous. Now, some people say, well, he wasn't getting separation. I know he addressed some of the separation stuff uh, on there. I think a lot of it was just scheme-wise that USC's offense was – and I think – I've, it might have been someone was saying that like I get one of the core. I think it might have been Miller Moss at some point. It said something, or it might have been on Mo Hassan's podcast. I think no, I think Mo Hassan was talking about this. Like the offense was essentially like throw it to Drake. So that was really what the offense. Pass. Yeah, <laughs> or if the running back doesn't know what to do, run a swing pass. If you don't know through the quarterback, just find fifteen and throw it to him. So when people know that that's coming, like that's not easy. He still got his. And we even know that that was the offense. So that's pretty impressive. And would have been the Blitnikoff winner as the nation's top wide receiver if not for the fractured ankle that he suffered in that Arizona win. So, you know, would have was at the, for the most part of the season was the best wide receiver in the country uh, last year. So he is a he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. He is a beast. That's for sure. All right, next question. Kim Lifestyles asks, who's the starting secondary and the number one nickel, do you think? Well, Max Williams. I would say Max Williams is nickel. I would bet the $15 I have, <laughs> I have in my wallet that he is the, the starting nickel that you see out there, you know, assuming everyone's healthy. 
starting secondary is a little bit tougher. You know, right now, Makai Blackman, he's dealing with an injury, but, you know, he's earned praise as being, you know, one of their best playmakers defensively yeah. for spring. So I'm pretty confident that Blackman's he would be going to be one of those starters. Um, I think Kalen Bullock would probably be one of the starting safeties. Uh, um, but they're that, all they're all cross training. So they, he said, I mean, we heard that they're going to put the best five out there. So if it's five safeties, if it's five corners, whatever, just put the best five guys out there. My guess right now it would be something similar to you know Max at the nickel, Makai at that other. Assuming everyone's healthy, Makai at the the other spot. Um, Sierra Wright, maybe Prophet Brown at that other uh, corner spot. Kalen Bullock, and then that other kind of strong safety positions really interesting because. Xavier Alford was with Kalen that first week, but obviously he's been out with an injury yeah. for pretty much the entire spring. So that's been a real blow to that position. You know, I said coming in, it's probably Xavier's and uh, Kalen. Those were the top two, but you know, Latrell McCutcheon has some really good weeks. Um, Xavier Gordon, who is gold plated, you know, he was working with the ones last week. So they have some options there, and it's going to be interesting once Xavier comes back healthy. So I just have to go and based off what I saw last week. So it's probably closer to maybe Examarion right now. Kalen Bullock, Makai Blackman, Sia Wright, Max Williams. That would be my guess right now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Guys, there's been a couple questions about this. Um, Gonja Gorilla, Graham, and Martin C. Bean all kind of asked a similar question, but they're essentially asking, are there any linebackers on the roster worthy of wearing number 55? If Shane Lee brings the thunder, could that be him? If not, who's the closest? I don't think there's anyone on the roster right now that is worthy of the number 55. Shane Lee, not because he's from Maryland, but it does help. Mm. Help. Is the closest, I would say, to achieving that 55 status. I would say, you know, 55's up here. Linebackers are probably right here. Then Shane's probably like right here. Gotcha. There's still a big gap, but I think if he's bringing the thunder as who said that Martin C. Bean mm-hmm. sounds like a fake name by the way. <laughs> if he brings the thunder, I think he can close that fake gap name on YouTube. Yeah, he can close that gap a little bit. So yeah, I would say Shane Lee is the closest, but I'm not saying it's like really close to happening. But yeah, yeah, I think it's tough because you know you want him to prove stuff out on the field. This might be. One of those, you're going to get a five-star linebacker recruit, and that's what you promise them or something. There could be something like that. Uh, I don't know if a Shane Lee would want to switch numbers, like if he's just he's a stud and he's first month of the season, he's going crazy, and they will, like, he's going to switch to number 55. I don't, I don't see something like that happening. It might be a tough thing for the first year uh, for Lincoln Riley to have a 55, but maybe it is a, a recruit or a transfer or something comes in, and they can uh, they kind of give them that that you know that that number so we'll see but I, yeah i don't think it's anyone on this roster right now all right another uh couple quite similar questions roman 388 and racer x talking portal rumors and they're both kind of asking are there any portal rumors on players joining usc but specifically any news about o-line players in the portal showing interest in sc so this is going to be the time uh spring practices are ending for some schools and that's when it, you know, there's going to be a wave. Uh, you have to be, it's May 1st or 2nd. I forget what the deadline is. If you want to be able to play in the 2022 season, you have to be on the roster by the beginning of May. So there's going to be over the next couple of weeks, a whole bunch of guys moving in the transfer portal. And it's going to go fast. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley talked about double digit 
edition. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to be busy following all this transfer portal stuff. Guys going in. Uh, it's so a revolving door. It will be a revolving door. And so, you know, there's some of the big programs like Georgia, Ohio State, like having their spring games. There's five-star players that are like third or fourth string on those teams, and they can go into the portal. Georgia had a couple of uh, five-star former five-star offensive linemen uh, go in. Um, you know, so there's going to be some guys like that, but it's uh, it, it's just fast. Like you follow recruiting before. There's this long lead-up. There's a relationship building. Transfer portal recruiting is completely different. You might have a relationship with the coach, but you might might not. And everyone we talked to was like, "Yeah, as soon as I hit the portal, I was getting a call." You know, Shane Lee was like, "Yeah, Lincoln Riley." You know, they were on the phone like almost right away. Um, so guys are going to start entering really soon, and they're going to be contacted by a lot of uh, a lot of people. So this is a really quick uh, recruiting cycle. And it's going to be a lot different, but yeah, definitely stay tuned for it because there's there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of names that are out there and stuff. We're not going to go all of them, but um yeah it's it's gonna happen fast and furious over the next couple of weeks all right guys it's the top of the hour should we do some rapid fire questions yeah, let's, let's do some all right do you have some facebook ones too yes uh, i was about to hit some of those yeah. um spencer Miguel says how is solo doing and will we see him on the field solo's doing great much you better know, i think you know he's finally found a groove at the defensive line position Nua had lots of great things to say sean Nua. Uh, you know, he says he doesn't think there's anyone out there who has more true USC Trojan blood, USC blood than him and his passion for USC. So it sounds like he's doing great at that that new home of the D-line. Look for him in the spring, spring game. That's going to be a, a fun storyline for the game. Stock up on him. Um, another Facebook question. Roy Boggs says, Nichols Harbor was in town this weekend while he had a track meet. Do you think he's a good possibility for a commitment to USC? In terms of overall commitment, I think there, you know, there's a lot of suitors for him. I think they did enough to maybe stay in that contention as in terms of like a, a like a, like a commitment happening soon. No, I don't think that's the case, but I think they they did enough to kind of stay the visit went well. You know, I think they did enough to sort of stay in front with him in terms of, you know, his top group. Um, but he has a lot of suitors, 44 what's his, offers. What's his uh, position? In, He's an athlete, six foot five, 225 pounds from the DMV. Uh, they make them different out there. Five-star athlete, <laughs> number two in our rankings. Um, just a freak athlete in terms of they're yeah. recruiting him as sort of that edge rusher position. So did a good job with the visit. I don't see a commitment happening soon. Um, still has to trim that list down. So pick out his official visits. Uh, but they'll be in contention for an official visit. Yeah. All right. Cam Lifestyles is asking if Miller Moss keeps balling out in spring ball, what will Lincoln Riley have to do to keep him from not going into the transfer portal? That's I, a good question. I don't think this is going to be, I don't think he's going to the portal this off season. So I think he's going to stick around. Uh, he's a smart kid. I think he can graduate after playing this year and there's going to be opportunities for him that there weren't before because USC is probably going to be in a lot of the blowouts. He can play. He's going to actually be able to be on the field. If Caleb Williams, you know, starts and never gets hurt, I think Miller Moss will still play a lot this year because they're going to be scoring That's a bunch tape. of points. That's yeah. great tape, especially you get a you get a, a year under Lincoln Riley, getting to get coached by him. That's a that's a great opportunity. Um, so yeah, I think I think you just got to do enough to you know make him make him know that hey, we're going to put up some points. You're going to get to play the season. So yeah. I think that's sort of the, the how you approach it. He would be more of a 20 – after the 2022 season potential for the portal, I think, than now. There's only two scholarship players. So, I mean, that, you know, he could leave, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. John Lobb asked, do you guys know why the Alabama game was not rescheduled from COVID-20? 
the 2020 season. Um, I don't know. I turned, I, mean, I tuned all that out. Yeah. That was just, a weird one. Just, we can, just, we can ask, but I mean, that's, it's one of those things that's hard to do. And college football is changing. There, there's so much is changing right now. So I think, uh, you're seeing Alabama do some home and homes because, you know, they want to get some of that home game stuff and playing on the road. You want to get fans, like, it's hard to keep fans, you know, engaged and get them to go to games. And so, yeah, that'd be a good one, but maybe they'll do a home and home instead of a, a neutral site game. Um, Dave Rice asks, from what you've seen at practices, does Riley seem to pay more attention to small details compared to Helton? We're hearing some stuff about that, not just like practice things, but just stuff that's really in order. And if you talk about like recruiting visits, I think Gerard talks about this a lot. You could have people show up to campus and everything's organized. They're checking in on you. What are you doing? Here's where you're supposed to go now. Here's what you're doing. It's just, it seems like there's a lot of uh, T's crossed and I's dotted uh, now, which is a good thing. Um, Dandy says, if being in the Pac-12 is a significant money disadvantage, why wouldn't USC consider moving to the big? For the Big Ten, I mean, there's we put some stuff in the war room about this the last couple of weeks. Uh, when two years ago, I believe it was when Mike Bone came on the Peristyle podcast, and I asked him, uh, you know, he said there all the options were on the table. Now I think he gets along with George Klyovkov well in the Pac-12, but you're going the Pac-12 is going to be uh, significantly making significantly less revenue than these other conferences, than the SEC and the Big Ten. So, can they explore going independent? Can they explore? Joining a one of those super conferences, I think you have to and try to get if if anything, you just try to get yourself a better deal with the Pac-12 because the way they're doing it now, equal revenue sharing, I don't think that's going to work. At least having your own tier three media rights because uh, you can get a lot more money than Oregon State can. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the Pac-12 TV deals up 2024. Uh, the Big T- Big Ten is going to announce their deal, I think, somewhat soon. They're going to have some huge deal, billions of dollars. Uh, that's going to be a lot for, uh, I think Mike Bone's in a good position because especially if Lincoln Riley turns the program around, if you get a USC that's like back on the national stage, they, they, they can control a lot. They, there's be a lot uh, at their disposal. And so there'll be a lot of options, I think, for USC. All right. Andrew Hogue has Jake Smith's status. Not with the program. Yeah. So we don't, he's not in the portal, but also he's, not with the in, program. Uh, limbo. Yeah. So, yeah, you can. Uh, we put some war room stuff about this too. But you, there are options for new coaches to essentially like cut players that are on the roster and keep them on scholarship. So I think as of right now, we believe he's still a student. Uh, I believe it still would be on scholarship, but is not on the roster right now. Racer S. Racer X asks, any chance Brew returns? Nope. No. That's as rapid fire as you get. Yeah, there you go. One answer, no. There we go. Um, Keep the coal on our toes. Yes. Andrew Hogue, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I like how he uses vanilla. How vanilla will the spring game be? Do you think Riley shows the nation anything schematically special since it's broadcasted nationally? I mean, I think people have seen his offense. You know, like, I don't think he's, it's like you're hiding stuff, but. Yeah. I think they'll put on a show. I think they're going to try to make it entertaining. I think you're going to show. Not just Caleb Williams. I think Miller Moss will be able to make some plays. Um, yeah, I think they're going to try to do some fun stuff. Now, they've got some limited numbers, right? You only have two scholarship quarterbacks. You only got three running backs. Um, they're not going to empty the bag, obviously. No, right. but they'll, they'll, they'll have some fun. Right. And Cam Lifestyles asks, who are the three starting wideouts and the number one tight end now? 
First of all, Cam Lifestyles, great rap name. Just just putting it out there. It is. Um, the three starting wideouts, I would probably say, are probably Mario, Mario Williams, Williams, Brendan Rice. Right now, probably Taj Washington because Gary Bryan is on the mend. You know, yeah. Gary was having a great camp, so I figured he was in that that mix as well. But just because he's down, I would probably say it's Brendan, uh, Mario, and Taj. And then the tight end is interesting because they use him. They use him in different, different ways yeah. as an H back, as a Y. So just based on what Malcolm Epps says, it sounds it said it sounds like Jude Wolf is sort of that lead H back for the tight ends, and then he. Epps is sort of the lead for that Y position, you know, playing out wide. So it's kind of like a Frankenstein position. So I would say Epps and Jude are kind of the lead, lead, lead tight ends on that. But they're going to play a lot of receivers too. Like I think yeah. Terrell Bynum's going to have a big role. I think you know, Kyle Ford will. There's, yeah. So it's like you can say, oh, here's a starting three, but it's not going to be like before where yeah. those are the only dudes you see. They're going to be, you're going to see a lot of guys. Another one from Campbell. The starting linebackers for USC have speed this year. It's been a while since all three did. Like, since all three had speed, pretty much. Uh, I mean, the the rush guys will have speed. Shane Lee, I don't think is Shane like Lee is not considered a speedster. He's the thumper at yeah. the middle linebacker spot. Raylan, you know, as mentioned, he's up to 235 right now. Um, and he says that's where he wants to be. You just have to be able to move. You got to be able to move in this, this defense. So, you know, I would say that, you know, at least they're going to be faster than this year. Even though Shane Lee, you know, as we mentioned, isn't a speedster, but I would expect him to be quicker this year. Yeah, and it's more about production. Like, literally, just, you just haven't seen... That wasn't a, a position group that's made a serious impact on games most of the time. You know, you remember, like, when uh, Cam Smith was there and we get, like, four interceptions in a game or whatever he had. There's three interceptions or something in a game. Um, we just haven't seen that position group be productive the last few years. So I think you're going to see, speed or no speed, you're going to see a lot more production from those guys. Andrew Hogue asks, will number five remain retired? I think so, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, pretty iconic. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who would be worthy of that, you know? It's such a big number. I know. Like, if, the, you know, you get a, if, uh, like, a, you know, Zachariah Branch or something wanted to wear it or something, like, maybe they would do that. Five-star player. I don't know. It should be, like... Your last year there or something. Maybe, yeah, you get to get the five. It's yeah. like you're coming off your All-American season or whatever. You just won the Heisman or something. That should be your yeah. – it should be your last – I'm probably upsetting a lot of people by suggesting that. So yeah, I'm going to stop talking now. Let's go on to the next question. <laughs> yeah. Harold Tate asks, what positions will be filled with the 10 transfers? Coach Riley said that he will bring in. What positions? Like they're yes. bringing in? Probably a running back – Multiple offensive linemen, probably another linebacker, another edge rusher. You know, I could see them bringing another cornerback just because they're a little bit thin there. Yeah, um, probably a receiver too. I think. Yeah, you could talk in uh, or a tight end specifically, just because yeah. that room is a little bit banged up with with Josh Follow out, Lake McCree out, a little bit extra depth. So those would be kind of the big ones. Specifically, oh, and a, a defensive lineman. They still need an impact defensive lineman. So at least. I would say maybe at least four linemen you could work with on both sides of the ball. Crazy, yeah. All right, Big JC says, anything to look forward to news-wise for football for the next couple months after the spring game? Can we confirm that's Big Jesus Christ? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, the big the next two weeks after the spring game are going to be about 
or the next week or so will be about the transfer portal. Like that's the big stuff. Uh, and then after that, it'll just be, I mean, it'll be kind of more recruiting aspect stuff. They'll, they'll start their camps. summer workouts and there'll be some camps on campus and things, but really after the spring game, just watch the transfer portal. That'll be like eight days of fun. Love it. Eight days of fun. Yes. <laughs> I think it's eight days, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> a, a quarterback too. Uh, someone mentioned they're going to um, try to bring in a quarterback, I would think. Yeah. Right, right. Racer X says, I've been hearing good things about Teleni. He looks a little small for D-line from what he sees. What's his height and weight? Kind of what's what's going on with all that? He's, he's all smiles. I don't, did he give a height and weight update? I'm not sure. He's not the biggest guy in the world. I think he's listed at like 6'2", but I would say he's more 6'1". I think he's around 270. Uh, that seems right. He's, you know, he's a compact guy. Um like you said, he's not the biggest, but he's quick, and he can play probably all those, every position. He's not afraid to be physical. Former rugby player, yeah, knows how to tackle. So he's just raw. He just hasn't played that much. Um, but he was working with the first teams in sort of the uh, pursuit drill stuff. That's kind of my only chance to see who's working with what unit. So he did seem to be working there last week. So seems like he's making plays. Chris, you're going to hate this question. Great. Um, Let's do it. John Lobb says, what's the history behind the helmet logo? When was it first used and how did it come about? Why would I hate this question? Because you don't like talking about, I mean, gold plated, I guess, but I feel like you you don't like talking about the logo. They've the done something like this before. I forget what it was. Like well, he didn't ask what gold plated was. Okay, that's but, fair. Yeah. Same category. This is a, but this gold plated thing is a brand new. Yeah. They just started at the spring. So that was like a Lick and Riley deal we heard about i think i i think when i asked uh it first came up when i talked to Cortland ford he probably talked about gold plate and we're like what and so uh they didn't really announce it or anything just one of the when i it's one of the questions i asked Cortland ford and then he sort of said that and then we've kind of been asking about it ever since you started it apparently this is your, <laughs> if you had not this asked question, we, no right? one have, would have noticed yeah Gosh. i don't i don't know the history of the logo to be if anyone in the comments knows i don't a quick google sh search has yielded me nothing yeah. Google has let me down. I don't have a I don't have a history on the the helmet. Yeah, but the tradition that this is a new right. tradition. We, we need yeah. to call in Dan Weber. Dan Weber would be able to be like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then a final question. We kind of touched on this earlier, but Racer X is asking how many recruits you guys think are expected to be at the spring game, and who are the most notable names? Just just on the amount of recruits they've been bringing in every weekend, and even in the midweek, I expect it to be a stacked list of yeah. people that, well not necessarily stacked but just a lot of kids they're gonna yeah. they're gonna bring in a lot of kids for a game it's gonna be like it's gonna be on espn come come check out your local especially the local kids they're gonna hit up everybody local to come and get them on campus for this one yeah i think it'll be a big 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 group this is um they're they've they want to put on a show everything you've heard from lincoln riley he wants to make this fun. He wants everyone to enjoy themselves. They're going to bring as many recruits as possible. And all the all the recruits you talk to afterwards, they just really enjoy their experience. I think they're gonna they're gonna try to enjoy this one. There's people that are, you know, there's a lot of dedicated people there that are making sure these guys go through and have a, a clean process. They get through, have fun, enjoy themselves. He wants the fans to to get excited. They really want he wants the Coliseum to be filled this this fall. And on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, I think you're going to see a, a pretty big list. Like we mentioned, the four-star running back out of San Diego, Roger Robinson, is going to be there. Obviously, Malachi Nelson, the five-star quarterback, 
he should be there. You know, Makai Lemon wouldn't be surprised if Zachariah Branch came out as well to help recruit everyone that's on campus. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to hit up the Bosco boys, Mateo Ugielele. He's just come off visits from Al- to Alabama. Um, if he's got the free weekend, I'm sure they're going to be hitting him up. He's been on campus what feels like a million times, so yeah. I would not be shocked if he shows up, uh, the big five-star defensive lineman at uh, Bosco. So I'm expecting a deep list, especially locally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for questions, guys, but I think we have a potential announcement. Oh, yeah. Very, very good, Nicole. Uh, we the- <laughs> Drum roll. We, next week is going to be a very special show, and uh, Chris is going to tell you why. Take it oh, away, Chris. I, I'm just going to let you do it. I don't really. <laughs> it's your thing. Well, obviously, I have a bet to a wager to to live up to with my 10K tattoo, and next Sunday. Do you want to tell g- people what the wager was? Well, if you if you're not following or you're seeing people ask you like, why is everyone talking about 10K? Why is everyone yelling at Chris Trevino? Why is everyone mad at Chris Trevino? Before the spring season started or spring camp, I said, if you guys help me get to 10K followers before spring camp starts, I will get a 10K 10K tattoo. And I was at like nine ninety one hundred or something. Yeah, like this that. was the worst bet. Like just so, a terrible so, bet. And they did it in like a week and a half. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no! So, and everyone's been asking about it. So, next Sunday, we are tentatively scheduled for me to receive the tattoo live on this show. Yes, yes, we are. So, I'm going to be remote uh, at a a uh, California, well, obviously California, but a local uh, tattoo parlor, and they're going to tap me up. I'm going to be joining in Skype, Zoom, whatever. We're we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. So I'm going to get tattooed live on this show. Um, yeah, that that's the plan right now. It's been tentatively agreed to, so hoping nothing falls through. But that is the plan. I will be inked up by this time. By this time next week, I will have a a fresh tattoo. Yes. Very excited for this. Uh, so I'm we, not. We're thinking about <laughs> doing it in the studio, but he's going to be remote, so we'll connect to him remotely. Yes, it was just easier to have me go there instead of, you know, figure out getting someone to come right. here yeah. and setting up. It would be easier to have someone come here, but let's just I'm gonna do whatever it takes to to help the artist out to just like and it's a pretty nice studio. I've seen pictures, so it should be should be a nice setup. So hoping everything goes through. Uh hoping it all works out. So Are you gonna yeah. give any details about the tattoo, location, well, or what it's gonna I'm be? I'm not I'm not giving that until okay. the the we're live on there. So uh yeah, it should be. I hope it all goes smoothly. Um, it should be an interesting show. I hope yes. it's a well-watched show. I oh, know I, it will be. I, sure. I, I certainly hope so. So <laughs> that is the big announcement. So tune in. It should be a well-viewed show just in general because we're going to be talking about the spring game. So Yeah, True. Like, it'll be the day after the spring game. And Chris will be getting his 10K tattoo. One of the worst bets ever, but you know, props to him. Yeah, uh, not someone that has tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. This will be my first tattoo. Your very first tattoo is a Twitter bet that you made. Uh, Look, you know. YOLO, <laughs> YOLO. I'm hey, Chris is back. a man of his word. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't. People are talking about now. Nah, I'm not going to do it. Yes, I'm going to yeah, do it. I'm going to do, do it live it. on this damn show. <laughs> What's so, your pain tolerance like? Are you pretty good with pain or not really? When I was a kid, my dog had a like a shot collar, like electric fence collar to keep him out of leaving. So me and my brother would take the shot collar and put it on our ankles and dare each other to run across the <laughs> oh. thing. So I think I can, 
I think I can handle it. Okay. But I hate okay. needles. Oh, well, oh. that's a slight you know problem. What the tattoo process is, correct? No, let me know. Oh, what yeah. is oh. it? Maybe it, don't no let needles, him know. Right? It, no, there's definitely no needles. It's like paint. It's like a paintbrush. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's very fluffy. Great. Uh, Great. <laughs> fluffy. <laughs> I think I have a – I think I can do it. It's not yeah. going to be like super small, but it's not going to be – it's not going to decal. It's not decal side. But right. it's going to be a right. good size tattoo. Yeah. It'll be a good story. Like when people ask you later, you know, what, yeah. uh, what, why'd you get this? And it's like, well, I mean, like, let like me tell 10 you years from now, it. like Twitter won't exist. <laughs> yeah, let me like, tell you about a little site called Twitter. Yeah. Twitter used to be a thing. It used we're, to be. We were on Twitter all the time. Well, I don't know why. Like, is this the thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, so for your sake, you hope Twitter like sticks around long enough. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Twitter, Elon, like, we will Elon shut doors. offered to buy Twitter. It goes, the sale goes through. The day I get the the thing and he disbands it, that's, it's like that's forty five billion yeah. dollars. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're doing it. Uh, all right, well, that is going to wrap things up. Uh, yeah, what? I got nothing else. That was nothing our else? that was our breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, we'll get shotgun on next week. He'll be remote. Chris will be remote, getting tattooed. So it'll just be Nicole and I here in the studio, holding things down. We'll make sure things go a little smoother technically next week, but. Thanks for everyone that was joining live the show. We always appreciate it. Um, it's awesome that you guys are in there putting the comments in and everything. We'll get the live calls back probably again. Uh, oh, you could take a, like a live call as you're getting a tattoo. Would that be fun? Ooh. We're gonna have to set. This I'm up. just I'm just worried how much I'm gonna be able to talk. Am I gonna be able to talk? There? Am I gonna be like this the whole time? Like, Chris, you look like you're in pain. Like, <laughs> give us the who's gonna be the starting secondary, Chris? I really think, and then just the. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how it's gonna go, but tune in to find out. I don't know. You so. have a lot of USC shows you can watch. Are any of them are you gonna have someone get a tattoo live? No. no. See, that's that's why that's why you should listen to watch Tunnel Vision here. Exactly. Uh, but for Nicole, thanks Nicole for coming in again. Yes, Chris, and thanks you all out there. I am Ryan. We appreciate you tuning in to Tunnel Vision. Hope you enjoy the show, and we will talk to you next time.